Hi everyone, welcome to the eighth version of The Odd Couple. I'm Jason Utah. And I'm Rabbi Zev Krenus, and we're going to be airing this in the week between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, so use the opportunity to wish everyone to be written and sealed in the um, in the Book of Life for all for them and their family and all good things. Amen. Mm. So Rabbi, one of our listeners uh, wrote to me uh, on our podcast from Kitavo. And he said that uh, he really enjoyed the podcast, but it made him remember of having to write thank you notes from his barmy. And he really didn't enjoy it. In fact, he said he hated it. But he wondered if it's the reason why he still does thank you cards today. And he says, lessons learned without even realizing it. Amazing things. <laughs> okay. So we're getting somewhere. We're getting somewhere. So what, do you, what are we discussing today? What's the story? Well, the Parsha is actually... <laughs> Um, we're at towards the end of the whole Torah, and it's time for Moshe to give over the reins of leadership, and that's, of course, our podcast is about, to, um, to Yehoshua, to Joshua, who's been chosen as his successor. And we have an interesting complexity in the language, because in the, in the chapter, we first have Moshe speaking to Yehoshua, and he says to him, you're going to come come with the people into the land. And the commentator Rashi explains that he's saying you must come with them, you must actually lead them in a consultative manner, bringing in the elders and the people and the, and the stakeholders and everyone must uh, have a part in it. And that's the path of leadership that from Moshe's perspective. Right at the end of the chapter where... Hashem actually gives the the formula of the language to uh, Moshe. He says, Moshe, tell Yoshua, ta tavi et am. You must bring the people. And Rashi comments that the nuance was, it's not good enough to work with consultative process. You actually must be the ultimate seat of authority. And sometimes you got to clap them over the head and say, you, I am the leader here. And you must do this because I said so. And um, I don't know, it struck me that God's position is a little bit, uh, needs a little bit of study. Um, how would that work in the, in the business world, organizational world? How does leading with force uh, work? So there's two sides to the story. We're either discussing leading with consensus or, as uh, the book says, leading with command. Is it either or? Um, an interesting book that I've just finished reading by Dr. David Hawkins, the book is actually called Power Versus Force, and he brings it into uh, the leadership role in that does one lead with power or does one lead with force and what is the difference? Power, he says, is when you lead as a con in a consultative manner, however, you're getting everybody's buy-in. Everybody sees you as a true leader. Everybody buys into your vision. Everybody buys into you as the correct person and will follow you as a result of who you are and the consultations that you've had with others versus being a leader with force where you're turning around to your staff and you're turning around to your members within your team and saying, this is the way you're going to do it. And if you don't come along, you're out. 
So you're either going to do Sounds it like this Trump. way. Sounds like Trump. You either do it like this or you get out. My way, the highway. Uh, yes. And um, <laughs> so I was just thinking you get the LIFO method and FIFO method. Fit in or please leave. Okay. Um, so that brings me back to the difference between power versus force. Power is growing your team together with you and force is telling your team how, how to rule. And generally, when one leads with force, your companies crumble. Well, also I'd imagine the leader himself would have a would be very, very isol, isolating and fatiguing. So um, if you just lead with force because it's, it's all based on him, whereas power you get from uh, you get the power from uh, being able to rely on other people who have bought into your vision. So, again, we're back to asking a question about God's position. And I think it's an important point, And this is all what Torah learning is about, is that. God likes these things. He likes us to, to question the Torah because that's how you get to, to the truth. So is there another perspective? How do we understand the concept of being, there being an ultimate seat of authority? Um, where do we see that as being applicable? Well, two minutes ago, before we started recording the podcast, uh, you brought up um, the army. Oh, where yes. Yeah, so they, that's true. I, can you imagine? I imagine that organizations and armies can crumble when there's a confusion about the ultimate seat of power as well. Um, and if you you could have officers that are popular and generals that are popular because they are they they have built up confidence with their men, their soldiers. But um, uh, but if you do have it where nobody's clear what the vision of the uh, of the organization of the army is about that also can lead to dissolution so jim collins has written two fascinating books the one was called good to great and he spoke about how numerous companies brought themselves from being good companies to great companies and a few years later he then wrote uh, his second version of that book called how the mighty fall Mm, that was in what year was that it was after the crash in 2008 it Mm. came out and we often speak about disruptors disruptors that are coming into our industry and causing companies to fall but in his studies he's spoken a lot around how leaders don't actually listen to their team and they do have consultations with their team and they say well stuff that i'm doing it this way and you then follow me companies then ended up crumbling and disappearing as a result of the leader being too much of within of believing too much within himself and not actually prepared to hear what other people have to say. Mm. But the about it, what comes to mind is actually going right back to the beginning of the Torah, which is a, in the Parsha Breshit, um, a very special Parsha to the Utah family. Yeah. Shane's uh, <laughs> Bar Mitzvah Parsha. And that is the, uh, the story of uh, the creation of man, where God says a very unusual language, which is, let us make man. And I think we're monotheists. We're, well, that's Judaism. And so what is God, who is he talking to, let us make man? What does he mean? I think he's talking to me. <laughs> okay. So um, the, 
the sages actually say that Hashem was speaking to what the, the sages refer to as the parliament of, of, uh, of creation, because by the time man was created, all of the other beings in creation, which would, whose fate was going to be determined by how man's free will choices acted, because he could either mess up the whole thing, or he could bring the creation to its completion, and therefore he brought them in seemingly in a consultative way, but there was no true consultation because he was God was the very next passage says that God made man. So he was gonna do it anyways. That was the whole point of the whole exercise. But the the sages say that he did it in such a way to show us this is the way of of leadership. So even if you're going to be doing it you must give people the feeling of buy-in. And also, it's different because uh, what's unique here is that God has, the, has won the confidence, as it were, of his, of his world. And when you have already won the confidence of the world, then you sometimes do have to be the visionary and say, this is the way we're going. Stephen Covey, in his book, uh, Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, spoke about uh, creating an emotional bank account. An emotional bank account was creating trust within your team so that one day when you do need to make a tough decision, they can make a little small withdrawal of trust out of that bank account. However, there's still uh, trust in that bank account. So even though they don't believe in 100% in the decision that you're making, they're still going to back you and they're still going to say, all right, he is the leader. And he is saying, let's go in this direction, and we do need to back him and follow him. So I think we, we can maybe uh, understand God's perspective at this point. Let's bring, bring actually to what you said at the beginning, with quoting uh, Rabbi Jonathan Sachs, is it's not really consensus or command. It's not binary. <clears throat> it's com- consensus and command. There are two different dynamics and it is a complexity and a good, good leader knows when to use both either because um, there are times when um, and I think majority of times the good path is the uh, path of of consultation but what Hashem was pointing out to Moshe is there can't be a ultimate confusion of the uh, seat of leadership and where the vision lies and therefore, sometimes it's got to be hit him over the head and and go further. But that's a big withdrawal from the uh, from the emotional bank account. You so have to lot of have put a lot of deposits in before you can make that withdrawal. So it's consultation and command with love. Oh, very good. That was groovy. <laughs> <laughs> have a lovely week, everyone. Okay, and Thanks a good for year. listening and a good year.